0: up first Kings 9:19. 9, I'm going to ask you we got to get a mindset on this tonight because what God is uh, about to release here it may be applied to some of you here it may not. I know many who are going to be watching this on live stream it's going to impact their lives as well but also uh, as uh, those who would visit us later uh, on the stream, It's going to have an impact. And God put this on my heart, not because I've heard it through the mouth of flesh and blood, but I heard it from the heart of the Father. That there are many, many who have been called into ministry. They hold the offices of apostles uh, and Ephesians. uh, The apostles, uh, prophet, evangelist, preacher, and teacher. The government administration of God himself. They hold those offices. But it's going to go beyond that tonight. So I'm going to ask you to really listen to what God is saying. Because every one of you here have a ministry. You didn't become born again just to become born again. Hallelujah. You became born again that you would serve the kingdom of God and serve his kingdom people. With the ministry that he's called you unto. There's an anointing upon every one of your lives. The spirit of God. If you're born again, the spirit of God is dwelling in you. Amen. The glory of God is in you. The anointing of God is in you and upon you. Amen. And when you step out by faith, God will meet you right where he's asked you to to, to minister to the hearts of God's people. Amen. And so 1 Kings, also when we go into this here, 1 Kings 19, uh, we always encourage you to read the chapter before now. Don't just hear what we have to say here and, and take a couple of scriptures and go home and go to bed and then, you know, work out the rest of the week. Get alone with God. This is what he was talking in the prophecy. Get alone with God. Find times of intimacy with God. Separate yourself from the distractions. Read the word of God. Study the word of God. And let your ear be open to his voice. It's part of the prophetic word. A clarity will come to your ear. So when God begins to speak to you, as you read the scriptures, he's going to give you revelation and you're going to know it's coming from God. Amen? In 1 Kings 19.9, again, read the chapter before and read the chapter after. It supports itself. always. God will always support himself in each chapter. So in 1 Kings 19.9, we read that Elijah flees. He runs for his life from the threat of Jezebel because he killed the prophets of Baal with a sword. And by fear, he goes to Besheba, which was not part of Ahab's kingdom. And so you got to read the whole thing. We don't have time to go into that tonight. And uh, and be reminded that Elijah just completed a task that was supernatural. He called down fire from heaven and it consumed the altars of Baal. Elijah is a witness to the power and the favor of God for his life or on his life. One called by God, chosen by God for his generation and the generations after him. That is you and I. One person in the front. Do I have to get the oil out right now? Start anointing y'all. He receives, Elijah receives a message that this unclean spirit of Jezebel operating through flesh and blood is threatening to kill him, and he runs away in fear. And your Bible reads that he, Elijah, chose to go in a direction that God did not choose for him. Fear came upon uh, Elijah. He freaks out. A word against him, he's going to be killed. And instead of getting alone with God, seeking God's face, he grabs his stuff and he takes off running. Anyone here on live called by God with a purpose and then ran in another direction only finding yourself back to the place God called you to? Amen. Come on. Amen. You know what God's talking about. He's Amen. called you into a place. <laughs> He's called you into place. Hallelujah. I had had to get you fed. Hallelujah. That's a a private thing. But anyway, that God calls you into a place to serve him, right? He gives you a direction. You said, you know what? I'm out of here. I've got something else to do. I'm not going to do that. And then lo and behold, you find find yourself coming back to the very place that God called you to. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He'll let you have your way for a little while. Verse 9. Guys, let's go to verse 9. There he came to a cave and spent the night in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you here? I didn't send you to this place. And the Bible tells us that before he left on his destination, an angel came to feed him because it was going to be a long journey, 40 days, and that he needed to sustain. So God provided him with the food and as he went, uh, the food to keep them going because it was a long journey. Amen? All right. So so God says to Elijah, what are you doing here? And then this is something we've talked about. We are so good. It's It's innate in us. It's where the, the soul begins to operate at a level that it seems practical. It's because we learn how to reason in our minds, come on, to justify our actions. Even when God says nay, we say yay. We do it and we try to reason out. oh, It's okay. Uh, God's going to forgive me, whatever the reason is. Amen. And we end up tripping over our own feet every time. So Elijah gives his reason, his excuse for running from Jezebel's threat. This this Jehovah's conversation, this was the conversation between Jehovah and his prophet. Verse 11. Watch this. Stay with this here. So he said, God said to him, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Please, really get on to this. Oh my God, this is good. This is so good. Leaping in my spirit, man. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by. Now, hear this, please. And a great and powerful wind was tearing out the mountains and breaking the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Is somebody hearing this? After the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound. A sound of a gentle blowing. Watch this, saints. And all that stuff that was going on, all the chaos on all the noise all of a sudden there's a soft sound the bible says there's a whisper of a simple still voice <clears throat> blowing in verse 13 and and the bible says that when elijah heard the sound He wrapped his face in his his mantle and his cloak. And the the Dake's Bible explains what he was doing, that Elijah so reverenced God that he covered his face in reverence to stand before God as God is going to speak him. Amen? And a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, army, because the sons of Israel have abandoned, broken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, only I, am left. And they seek to take my my life away. So we got a word for somebody here today. Somebody online, maybe some of you. Come out of the cave. Come on, you got to come out of the cave. Get away from the distractions that are surrounding you. And go back to the very place God asked you to begin from. Amen? Here were four commands Jehovah gave to his prophet. In verse 11, go forth. Verse 15, stand upon the mount before Jehovah. Go return to the place where you started from. And anoint Hazael, Jehud, and Elisha. There were three great things God was not in. God was not in the wind. God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the great fire. But one thing God was in, he was in the still small voice. In that still small voice, it was that still small voice that marked the presence of God, not the wind. Holy Ghost is here. Holy Spirit is here. He was not. He was not in the wind. He was not in the earthquake. He was not in the great fire. He was in that still small voice. And that still, oh somebody, I pray, you go home, woo, packaged in the glory of God. That it was that still small voice that marketed the presence of God. Not the wind, not the earthquake, and not the fire. After the distraction ended, then came the still small voice. Is somebody listening? It was in that still small voice. It was in a time of intimacy between God and his prophet. This God has been pressing this into our lives from from the services here. It's called the intimacy. And and I'm going to sound like a parrot every Monday night. I'm going to repeat this over and over because it's so in my spirit. And I know that I know that this, this place of intimacy between us and God because Jesus wants us to know him as he truly is. Not based on the interpretations of man not based on their personal opinions, but based on his relationship with Abba Himself, he wants us to know Him as He knows the Father, as the Father knows Him, and they know, as they all know, the Holy Spirit, and that can only come through times of intimacy, prayer, getting along with God. We can go to the Crusades, and please hear me with an open heart, we can go to the crusades, we can go to the gatherings where the men and women are being used mightily by God, and we go there and we can receive an impartation, we can receive a word of knowledge, we can receive a healing a deliverance uh, uh, in our lives. And it's all good. It's all applicable. But there's something greater than that, something far beyond all those miracles is when we get along with Jesus. Oh, my God. to remove the distractions of the earthquakes and the winds and and the sounds. Get along with him, to hear his voice clearly and what he's asking us to do. So many times God has, uh, just put that aside, so many times individuals have come up and I've had the privilege and honor to prophesy into their lives. Many of you here, and some of you that are here and those of you that are online also, It's a word of God that comes. I see it in the spirit and I speak it out. It's the arms of Abba. Ah. His arms reaching around you, grabbing you as a loving father and just pressing you up against his chest, laying your ear upon his chest so so you can hear his heartbeat towards you. That's his love, saints. That's his unconditional. No matter what the distractions, no matter what other voices. Amen? It was in the still small voice of Jehovah, just God and Elijah, a one on one conversation. Often people believe that loud, and and please stay with us on this, often people believe that loud, boisterous, and high-demonstrative worship is the mark of of the power of God. And that quietness can be a sign of a lack of the spirit. Now, please hear me on this. Yes, God's power can be demonstrated in these expressions of worship, the lights, the volume. The sounds, the uh, mimicking, uh, the the mimicking of thunders and lightnings, the fog machines, the dance, the use of flags. Please don't misunderstand. Don't do not interpret what is being said here as a contradiction of God's power to what has taken place in the assemblies of God's beloved. These are only examples. Are we good? Yeah. These are only examples. Because I'll be honest to you, when we go to the places and the flags are going and the fogs and all the others, are, I'm up there in the front row, dancing in the Holy Ghost. But that's not the expression of God's power. It's simply a demonstration of worship. Worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth. Amen? And the Bible shows that on some occasions, God's presence was revealed in the thundering. In Exodus, uh, woo, that can't be right. Yes, it is. In Exodus 20, 18, and in Revelations, 3 verses, uh, Revelations 10, verses 3 through 4. And yet there's something so profound, something heartfelt, almost far-reaching, when a child of God finds themselves in a moment of surrender where they hear the voice of God, and that voice brings peace to their lives. Can I ask you tonight, how many times that you've gotten along with God when things just seem to be so, so out of your control, the, the chaos and confusion, whether it be finances, health condition, and you just don't know what to do, and then you get along with, with Jehovah, and you just settle in your heart to just to shut up, just to be quiet, not even carrying a conversation. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, you begin to hear that still, small voice. Speak into your heart. Telling you, i got this. I'm your provider. I'm your healer. I'm your deliverer. But in these scriptures, we see that here in the moment, It was God speaking to Elijah with a still, small voice right after the threat of Jezebel. After the wind, after the earthquake, and after the fire. It was when Jehovah called his prophet to the entrance of the cave that Elijah covered his face with his mantle in reverence to Jehovah. And as he stood at the entrance of the cave, it was there that God had Elijah's undivided attention. No physical threats. No immediate distractions to prevent him from hearing what God intended for him to do. It was at the entrance, a gateway, a door of opportunity to hear clearly what God had intended for the prophet to do. So God speaks to to Elijah. Go back, oh somebody. Go back to where you started. Go back to God's original plan that was for Elijah before he ran. And that plan was to anoint Hazel, king of Syria, Jehud, king of Israel, and Elijah as a prophet to follow in his place. Now what if Elijah didn't go back to Elisha? A whole portion of scripture would have been eliminated. But we see the impact and what God intended for Elijah to do in the life of his, his servant Elisha. That in that moment, there would be a God-given opportunity for Elijah to receive a-ka-broka, a double portion of the Spirit of God that was upon Elisha, to do even greater miracles than Elijah did. Is somebody in the house. I'm going to ask you to hold this thought here tonight. Just hold this thought. In Matthew 26, 36... I thank God because the way that God works with Brother Michael is he always takes me back to the life of Jesus. Reveal his truth and how things ought to be in the now as it was in the life of Jesus. So we go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible says Jesus came to them to a place called Gethsemane or the Olive Press. And he told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Here's the evidence. Jesus separating himself from any distractions in the moment. From a thought of what he was going to go through. And the Bible says that our Jesus was overcome with anxiety and with fear. That spirit of fear was to be a distraction for him praying. As he was praying for an an alternative, a replacement, an alternate for the salvation of humanity. He says, Father, nevertheless, Not my will, but your will be done. (sighs) Wow. The disappointment returning to the place where he, he instructed his disciples to pray, finding them asleep. Nevertheless, Jesus remained at that place God intended him to be. Jesus never ran from God's intended purpose that he sent him to be the door to eternal salvation. Amen? Let's go to the screen, John 10, 9. And again, every message that we give here, God will support it through his word. In John 10, 9, Jesus says, I am the door. I am the gateway to eternal life. Anyone who enters through me will be saved and will live forever. And we'll go out in and out freely and find pasture spiritual security. Beloved as believers in Jesus we're not supposed to run away from him. Come on. On the contrary we're to run towards him. Seek him out. What do you want me to do? What's For instance, I wake up this morning and say, Lord, your word says that you order my steps daily. What are the steps that you've prepared for me today so I can get to tomorrow? Let's go to the screen, guys, and bring up Jonah 1, 1 through 3. We read in the scriptures that Jonah comes to a place of disobedience. And I I didn't get this in its entirety until I I broke this down uh, uh, through the the scriptures here. And I've read this many times. We all know the story of Jonah. And in Jonah 1 it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amitad, saying, Go to Nevi. That great city and proclaim judgment against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away. Somebody say, Ran away. Ran away. Somebody say, Ran away, like you mean it. Ran away. ran away to Tarish to escape from the presence of the Lord. And that's a whole message in itself. And his duty as his prophet, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarish the most remote of the Phoenician Phoenician trading cities and so he paid the fare and went down into the ship to go with him to tar- Tarish, away from the presence of the Lord. How many of you know you can't get away from the presence of God? The Bible says he's every, He's omnipotent, omnipresent uh, omnipresent omnipotent, omnipresent everywhere, all the time, he knows all things he sees all things, amen? The idea that you get this this hiccup in your brain that you can hide from God or you can run away from God. It's impossible. This is, goes back to what we we're talking about. You know, we want to get away from things, so we begin to reason in our mind to justify our actions to make something happen for us, which always ends up, we tr- end up uh, tripping over our feet. Well, Jonah, not only did he trip, but he fell, hallelujah. In Jonah's, commission to God, uh, in, in Jonah's commission from God to Nineveh, it wasn't fear that caused him to run from the presence of the Lord. Now, as you read this, you'll find the, the, the connection between this and what we're going to be talking about um, a little bit later here. So what was Jonah's problem with God? His anger. Jonah's anger was irrational. He was mad at God for just being God. So Jonah decides to disobey God and the people of Nivea were his, his enemies. He didn't want to warn his enemies. Jonah tried to want to run away and hide from God, but it didn't happen. You know the rest of the end result. God had his way and the lives of the people of Nivea uh, were spared for a season. But look what Jonah had to go through. How would you like to be swallowed up by a fish, man? <laughs> a big fish. Because I, I, I kind of went into the idea of that happening. It's got to be dark in that belly. And I'm sure the fragrance in there wasn't pleasing. Amen. But to be in a, a, a whale's belly for three days and three nights, and then we see the application of resurrection in, in Jesus and, and, and what that comes. Uh, amen. So you know the end result. God has His way, and the lives of people in Nivea were spared for a season. And as you see this, as you read, continue to read the chapter, you see again as their rebellion, they began to rebel against God and picking up idols and doing a variety of wicked things. God then comes back and destroys Nibia. Somebody say, Come out, "Come out of the cave!" Oh my God. I get more response from kindergartners. Come on, say, "Come out of the cave." Amen, amen. And so we're releasing this today, and goes back to this concept, and the teaching from the scriptures we gave in the beginning here of uh, in, in in Kings nineteen, and Elijah's experience in the cave. Amen. Yes. He was hiding. Help me out here, Jesus. Help me out here. And so Elijah ran away from God. He's hiding in the cave because of the threat came to him. And as a result, he remained in the cave. And here he's isolated, separated himself, doesn't want to have anything to do. He's in fear that uh, he's the only prophet left. And we read the stories and God reveals him, no, I've got, uh, what, 7,000 other prophets that he's reserved for, for the generation. But in the midst of this, understand out of fear, Elijah hides. He runs and hides. And I want to release this to you in the sanctuary, and those of it that you are online today. If this word applies to you, simply receive it and accept it. Because uh, we're releasing this to out to you today. And this, in regards to Ephesians the fourth chapter, verses eleven. And the Bible says that God and His He gave gifts to the church, and they varied. And He Himself appointed some as apostles. Special messengers, representatives, some as prophets who speak new messages from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and to instruct. For those of you that are online, those of you here in the sanctuary today, there's an anointing here up at this altar. Those of you who will visit this message on our social media page, there's an Altar set up here today. Whether it be fear, anger, disappointment, or any other reason, do not allow the strategies of your enemies cause you to run and hide into a cave from God and his high call upon your lives. Hear this tonight, saints. To execute the plan he has called you to to fulfill your spiritual destiny in the earth. There's more to... Gaining kingdom knowledge and kingdom understanding, than and just simply reading the Bible. What has happened over the years, and we see this throughout uh, social media, apostles, prophets, evangelists, preachers, and teachers have run away from God out of fear because there's threats have come against their lives. They're hiding in the caves, and God's telling me to tell you, come out of the cave. Come on, come out of the cave. Stop hiding from the threats of your enemies. Stop hiding from yourself. Stop running away from God and start running back to him. Don't allow that spirit of fear to paralyze you from advancing his kingdom on the earth, meaning in the lives of humanity. In Elijah's situation, running in fear from a verbal threat. In Jonah's attitude of being angry at God, to the apostles, the apostles, evangelists, and teachers and preachers of God's word, to the psalmist, is somebody in the house to the psalmist, to the worship leaders, to every minister of the gospel of peace who have been hiding in the caves you ran into. Come to the entrance of that cave with your face covered with the mantle of God and listen to this still small voice. Return back to the place He intended for you to be at, to complete the task that He has planned for you. When you do, you will hear that still small voice. His voice calling you out of that cave to return to the place that he has called you into. What are you talking, Brother Mike, about a cave? You're isolated. You've washed your hands from the ministry that God has called you. Maybe may be a pastor watching right now and had a church and things came, came your way and, and, and discouragements came. I'm telling you, get out of that position. Re-establish your position as a pastor. Find a building. Start preaching the word of God to the apostles and the prophets who have been running away from God. Find, go back to the location where you left God from. Find Him in that place. Get alone. Remove the distractions. Oh, somebody help me. Remove the distractions, disappointments. Get alone with God. Get quiet with God. Listen to that still small voice. Don't let the distractions, the earthquake, the wind or the fire, whatever the distraction discourage you from coming to that place, coming to the opening of that cave, to that gateway, and stand there with your face wrapped in that mantle, that prophetic mantle over your life, and listen oh somebody and listen to that still small voice of God. Aposaka. You're watching us online and again this is not to bring guilt or condemnation. That cave could could be a block. What's blocking you from coming to the entrance of that cave? What's blocking you from coming to that gateway, that opening, to where you can hear that still small voice of God? In that cave, is it doubt? Is it unbelief? Oh, somebody. Is it disappointment? Is it a hurt? Is it a wound? Whatever the distraction is, God's saying, come to the entrance of that cave. Stand. After all the distractions, stand at, oh my God, I feel the anointing in this house. Stand at the entrance of that cave and listen. Listen for the still small voice of Jehovah. Listen for the still small voice of Holy Spirit. I can promise you that if you come to the entrance of the cave that you've been hiding in, stand still you will hear God's voice speaking to you calling you back to the place that you've abandoned so you complete the task that God has called you to do who has he called you to anoint with oil and pray over their lives Who has he called you to prophesy to? Who has he called you to lay hands upon the sick that they would recover? Who has he called you to to pray uh, into the lives of individuals to set that captive free from every bondage of the enemy? Who? If you're here today, already somebody's standing up, receiving the the, the word of God here. That's you and you're here tonight. If you've been hiding in a cave If there's been a block that's preventing you from coming to the entrance of that cave to hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, I'm going to ask you to stand up in the sanctuary right now. Those of you joining us online, just send us a thumbs up. At home, stand up at home. Come on, stand up at home. God never shut down The entrance to that cave to Elijah. That opening was there the whole time. But because of the chaos, because of the the noise and the distractions, he remained in the cave. But I'm telling you right, God's silencing those noises right now for you. And he's saying, simply come to the entrance of that cave. Prepare to hear My heart being spoken to you. We're gonna we're gonna stop here. I, I, we're not gonna go any further with the, with the message. Because I know what I know. The Shekinah of God is here today. We ask you right now, Saints, to get your eyes off flesh and blood. And get your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of your faith. It is not my calling presenting this. This is his calling to you. Him reaching out to you with a sure word of prophecy, a sure word of a prophetic act to come forward by faith to the entrance of that cave that you've been hiding in. pa bricas. <laughs> And here's his word to you tonight. Those of you standing up here tonight. As you've come forth, says the Lord, this is my promise. I will come and I will meet you at the entrance. I will come to you in dreams. I will come to you with visions. I will come to you with words of knowledge, says the Lord. That in this, you too will be directed by me to go back to the place where you first began before you ran to hide in that cave, says the spirit of the living God.